I love that intro. Thank you, Sean Hopper, for that. Welcome to the Fitness Psychologist Podcast. I'm Dr. John, and I am delighted to be back. Been very busy over the last month or so, uh, writing a book, finishing 75 hard, and actually starting phase one, which I'll talk a little bit about uh, in a little bit here today. But I wanted to spend today talking about 75 hard, my experience with it, which was amazing. But first off, as always, quick housekeeping issue. If you like what you heard in the show, if something resonates with you, please go online and leave reviews at iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud. Leave us a five-star review. And the way their algorithm works, that'll allow us to... Keep putting out the content for you and um, so you can derive benefit and keep moving forward towards your goals. Also, very excited to announce the launch of The Matrix, which is a new online Facebook coaching group where you will be able to get the skills that you need, the mental skills, the mental toughness that you need to reach your fitness goals. So often we spend so much time focusing on the perfect nutrition, and the perfect workouts. But yet, there's still that disconnect. There's still something in between that's keeping us from being compliant with those plans. And typically, it's the limiters are from within. They're from ourselves. They are self-imposed. And so, with the matrix, we'll help you with the goal setting and the motivation and any of the other cognitive or emotional issues that are getting in your way so that you can have that success that you've been wanting but seems to have been quite elusive for you so far. So, today, I want to go into, before it's not fresh in my memory anymore, 75 hard. I actually finished up a couple weeks ago. I had started on the 20th of July and I finished up on October 2nd. And... You want to talk about a program that is going to make a whole new you, this is it. It is not easy, but what you have to do is actually pretty straightforward. And I was able to lose 25 or 26 pounds. I was in the mid-220s at the start of the program. I had just come back from vacation, looked like I'd been hit with a helium dart uh, after doing a lot of... Uh, wine tasting and beer tasting and eating whatever I wanted and then I went back and uh, started following the diet. I used the Faster Way to Fat Loss Diet. Um, it's a program that I've coached for for over a year now and so I did a mix of carb cycling and intermittent fasting and with the carb cycling basically you have some days that are very low carb and you pair those with HIIT workouts, high intensity interval training and so uh, Mondays and Tuesdays and Fridays, I do the HIT training. Um, actually, the HIT training on Mondays and Tuesdays, Fridays, I would do my own form of uh, cardio because typically in faster weather fat loss, that's a, a rest day. But I was still doing two workouts a day on on the Fridays. But um, yeah, I would, I would do the uh, carb cycling and then regular macro days. I would do the more even mix in terms of having more carbs, fats, and proteins. And you're not allowed to have any cheat meals on this. So no cheat meals. So for me, that meant no pizza, no empanadas, no ice cream, 
No Coke or Diet Coke. No candy bars such as Reese's Peanut Butter Cups or Kit Kats. This was the longest period of time I've ever gone eating so cleanly. And I can talk about the weight. I mean, 25 pounds is substantial and it feels great and it looks great. But all of this, we got to remember, folks, with 75 hard, this is a mental toughness challenge. The fitness part that you get out of this is a byproduct. It's more a matter of seeing how well that you can be steadfast and follow the directions and do it day in and day out and have the attention to detail and the focus and to just really grind every day and, and to put yourself in a position where you're doing different tasks and doing them when you really don't feel like doing them. To get up early in the morning and to be going outside and doing workouts or to have them, that's the other thing. You have to do two workouts a day, and one of them has to be outside. They're 45 minutes in duration each. So to do an outside workout, and I'm starting here mid to late July, which is not hospitable conditions. And so how are you going to work through that? How are you going to work around that sometimes? Actually, you really can't work around it. You've got to confront it one point or another, but how are you going to be strategic about it? So... It's always warm here in Florida, but in July, it's, it's flat out hot. So I will get into kind of some strategies of how I got through it later. But, um, you know, the, the heat and humidity and the rain, um, that makes that outdoor workout that much more challenging. And that's the idea because the elements that you're going to face, they're not always going to be ideal. And how cognitively and emotionally flexible are you going to be? To be able to work through the adversity and to overcome it, to work through, to find another way to get the job done. So faster way to fat loss was the the diet that I used. Um, you know, I, I'd monitor my macros in my fitness pal and have a certain number of percentage of fats, certain percentage of carbs, per, certain percentage of proteins, and uh, that was a formula that worked very well for me. Workouts was an interesting mix. Uh, typically, I would do my outdoor workout in the morning because of all of those elements I mentioned before, the heat, the humidity. Uh, Florida, it rains almost every day, especially in the afternoon during the summer. And so getting up at early around 5 or 5.30, it's still humid and the air is still very heavy, but uh, there were only a couple times where I was having to actually walk through rain. Um, I was dripping with sweat at the end of every workout, even if it was a day where I was just doing a walk. And sometimes if that's all you got, that's all you can do. A walk is fine. Um, but my outdoor workouts were usually either a walk, a walk with a 60 pound weighted vest on, or a walk with some runs sprinkled in either some steady state for a mile or two miles at a time, or sometimes doing 20 minute sprints on the minute depending on what kind of day it was, if I was looking for more of a HIIT workout versus a steady state cardio. Um, then every now and then on the weekends, I would take my bike out and uh, go back to the triathlon routes and uh, take the bike out for a spin and do the outdoor workout that way. But as long as it's outside, this is a workout that you can even do. If you have to, you can take your treadmill or you can take your stationary bike, pull it out in your driveway, and that's outside, and it counts. Um, so I was able to get those done all in all. Uh, ended up with more outdoor workouts than indoor. Probably had 80 plus outdoor workouts because there were some days that it was so nice I was able to do both workouts outside. 
or sometimes that was just the necessity of it if I was on the road or traveling. And so there's always a way to get it done. I traveled a couple times. I traveled out to Utah for Lions Den Live and very busy conference and required getting up for outrageous hours of the day and two hour time difference and sometimes being in session all day, you know, with the with the conference from 9.30 or 10 in the morning until 9 at night. But you, one of the things you learn with this is you find a way to do things. You, you realize, and I've said this before with, with anything else, when I talked about time management in one of the previous podcasts, when you want to do something badly enough, you find a way to do it. I talked before, I gave the example of you know kids in college, they want to smoke that marijuana. They want to smoke it badly enough, they find a way. They turn into fucking MacGyver and they find a way to get a bong and they find a way to smoke it. And if you want to complete this challenge badly enough, you will find a way to get it done. And so one of the biggest learning experiences from this challenge is you get to see all the little lies that you tell yourself over the years about why you can't do something, all the excuses that you make, the things that you told yourself or told other people that you couldn't do and the reasons behind it. And after a while you realize it's not that you can't do these things, it's that you won't do these things. I even had one day where I had done my workout in the morning and I was at the gym and I decided to attempt a new workout supplement and that workout supplement did not agree with me at all. And it was a stimulant supplement and um, I uh, hadn't eaten anything before taking it and it sent me into drastic tachycardia and massively dehydrated me and I ended up in the hospital from noon until 7.30 or 8 that night and left the hospital safe but still feeling like shit but I still got my walk in that night to keep it going so when you want to do something badly enough you can. The diet portion is extremely challenging because you cannot live in a bubble. And I hate the word diet, but in this, the rules of the challenge are you have to follow a diet. It can be any diet. It can be fasting fat loss. It can be keto. It can be uh, paleo, whole 30, whatever it is that you're trying to do. But you have to adhere to it. And you're out and about, and I have two children. I've got a daughter who's almost 13 and a son who's 11. And just because I'm doing this challenge, I don't expect them to be following it to a T. I still need to let them be kids. Um, kids need to be kids. If they want to have pizza, I'm not going to tell them they can't have pizza. Or if they want their chicken fingers or, you know, that cheeseburger or whatever it might be, you know, I'm not going to let them eat completely unhealthy. But at the same time, I'm not going to expect them to be spoiled with their nutrition. Um, I want them to have a childhood still, and that's just me. Um, but, I mean, there were times, I mean, the, gosh, the first week... And in Faster Way to Fat Loss, we actually do a 24-hour fast uh, one day out of the month. And that was absolutely brutal because the first week of 75 Hard was actually, it was the end of the month. And so that Thursday, I, they, had, they were at work with me because it was still summertime. And so I took them to lunch with me and I needed to get them something. And there happened to be this new pizza place. And... It was thin crust, nice New York style, just the way I absolutely like it. And not only could I not eat the pizza with them, but because I was on a fast, I couldn't eat anything. So I'm watching them eat this, and that was uh, that was very hard, very challenging, but I had already put in a couple days, and 
with each day of 75 hard and now I'm finding each day of phase one, you work very hard for each one of these days. So knowing what you did just to get through each of those days, you don't want to have to go back and do those again. There is a shit ton of willpower that goes into this. That's why I tell everybody, don't just get up early for the workouts, but get all of the other things done early too. I read a great book by Gary Keller called The One Thing. And in The One Thing, he talks about willpower and it's like a tank of gas. And the more that you go through the day, the more hard shit that you do. The more hard shit that you do, the more you're tapping into that willpower tank and draining it. When is that tank of willpower the most full? In the morning. So, not only was I getting the out, uh, the outdoor workout out of the way early, but first thing when I would roll out of bed, first thing that you should do every day with this challenge is take that fucking selfie. That is the easiest thing that you can do. I know some people are self-conscious about it, but there's no rule that even says you have to show these to people. It's nice to see the before and afters, but it's not like you're having to show the daily selfie to anybody. This is, you know, this is for your own thing. All of this is integrity anyway. You know, no one's going to know in reality whether you did these things or not, although they're going to look at the pictures and have a pretty good idea if you did it or not because the people that are really doing it the way they're supposed to, they're going to look drastically different. If you look at my pictures, if you look at anybody else who's really done the program for real, you see a drastic difference, and it doesn't take very long to see it. Usually within, sometimes even a week, but within a couple weeks, you see the change when you look at the pictures. So, but take that selfie as soon as you roll out of bed, and that's one of the five items off the list. I would read my 10 pages before I even went into work. Around 8.30 or 9 o'clock. 10 pages is not a lot. Yes, it's a handheld book. You can't do audio books or anything like that. It's got to be an actual book. And you've got to read it with your own two eyes. And But that that's the other beauty of this program. Is, you know, and, and it was kind of an interesting thing. You know, they always say enjoy the journey, not the outcome. This was a journey that I really enjoyed. It, it felt great to finish it. Don't get me wrong. You know, there are still food cravings you have, and there are some things, you know, and yes, I wanted a beer, and I wanted a glass of wine afterwards, and in between that and phase one, I did have those things. But you, st you see all the progress that you're making, and, you, you know, you're like, gosh, I don't want this challenge to end, and that's, that's where the real, uh, I should say, challenge comes in down the line as you go through 75 hard, phase one, two, and three is... Getting yourself disciplined enough so that these things really, honestly, and truly do become habits. And a lot of these, a lot of things after 75 hard, they do become a habit because, uh, once again, from that book, the one thing by Gary Keller, the other thing he talks about is a lot of the research they did for something to become a habit. Studies have found that it takes anywhere between you know, 18 and 254 days, but they they found that the average, like you know, the main or mean or median sweet spot. For something to become a habit was about 66 days. So with 75 hard being 75 days, there's a good chance that a lot of the things that you did there will start to become a habit. And everything else in there, for me, pretty much was. I still 
was doing my morning cardio, the, the walk or run, every single morning anyway, even after I finished. Still was drinking the gallon of water. Still reading the 10 pages. The diet was probably the only part that I really put aside you know, because there were things that I was craving and I wanted to celebrate with and reward myself with. And, um, and I knew I was going to be starting phase one shortly thereafter. So I knew even if I indulged a little bit, it wouldn't be going on for very long. But it's, it, it, the amazing part of this was when you're having to read X number of pages each day, you read some damn good books. I mean, the, the books I've read in recent months, you know, to read uh, Redefining Impossible by the Iron Cowboy, James Lawrence, Relentless by Tim Grover, um, Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me, um, Mark Manson's books, uh, Everything's, Everything is Fucked, and um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, The One Thing, uh, Ed Milet's book, um, Maxing Out Your Life, um, so many amazing books along the journey. Uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, Voice of Knowledge, The Four Agreements, Debbie Ford's uh, uh, Dark Side of Light Chasers. I mean, so many amazing books through this process that really can shape your mind and just give you a different perspective, different view of looking at things. And that's, that's a value that is probably understated when it comes to the 75 Hard Challenges, all these books that... Not, it's not only the discipline of the act of reading, but what you're gaining from reading these books. This challenge, it's stuff that we all should be doing every day. We should all be reading every day. We should all be drinking a gallon of water. With, I mean, there might be a select few of us who have had bariatric surgeries or people of diminutive stature that might get water intoxication, but that takes a, well, pretty much a lot for most people to get that. A gallon of water is great for you to do each day. And to follow a diet, it's great for you to do. And if you stop drinking, that's not going to hurt you either. So, and two workouts a day, I mean, even if it was just walking, that was still an extra three or four calories I was burning in the day that I normally was not burning. And so, even if you're not dropping tons of pounds, you're getting muscle mass, you're not feeling bloated all the time, and like I've said before, with the core four, um, maybe you've, you've heard it referred to as power, passion, purpose, and production. You've heard of it as uh, family, faith, finances, and um, fitness. And or my new core four is brain, body, business, and bonding. They all refer to the same things. The underlying semantics are all the same. You've got your relationships, you've got your mindset, you've got your body, and you've got the way that you make money. And everything you do falls into those four categories. And if you want to improve everything in those four categories, this is the challenge for you to do. No doubt what it does for your body. You're reading the mental toughness. There's no doubt what it does for the mindset. But if you're thinking more clearly, and when you're eating better, your, your mind is less foggy. Because you're not eating all these things can cause brain fog, things with preservatives, things with dairy, things just make you feel bloated. Um, in one of our last episodes when we had Stan Graham from Elements Meals on, he talked about how it's important that 
we don't eat to satisfy our own tongue, but rather eating to serve others. And that struck the biggest chord with me because how often have we eaten and it's just been a form of indulgence and it's that immediate gratification that we're thinking, oh, well, yeah, I'm going to eat this because it tastes good because I love it. And we do get that gratification, but the gratification is very short-lived. We might have that great gratification for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever the duration is of the meal, but then it's gone. And then, you know, you go and you eat that whole pizza or you overeat and, you know, all that greasy food or whatever it might be or chock full of sugar, but then you feel like shit later. And how's this going to affect your relationships? You know, if you're a parent, if you're a dad who finishes dinner and overeats and indulges, and then you go and you fall asleep on the couch for the rest of the night. What's that going to do for your relationships? You got those kids that want to play with you. They want your attention. You've been at work all day and now they want to see you. They want your attention. And you're too tired, too sluggish to give that to them. You've got your wife your girlfriend who has been either home with kids all day or been working all day herself. She wants your attention. She wants your attention in the bedroom. Oh, and newsflash guys. If I know sometimes it is necessary for medication to get these things checked and that is a real thing. But if you are exercising the way you're supposed to, and if you're getting in some weight training, your testosterone will improve. And it will carry over for you into the bedroom. And so doing this program, it's going to help you in that department as well. I can promise you that. Because also a fit body sleeps better. And so if you are exercising more, if you're eating the right things, you're going to be getting a lot more quality sleep. More sleep means less cortisol that you're pumping out and more testosterone. Less cortisol and more testosterone means less fat being stored, more lean muscle being built, and if there's also less cortisol in the mix, less stress, that means, you know, with, with more testosterone, that's right, from a sexual functioning standpoint, you're going to function so much better. So the benefits of this program from this challenge uh, are almost too many to count. And it gets tough at times, don't get me wrong. If it's not tough and you're not doing it right, uh, Andy talks about how if, if it's too easy or if you're just cruising through, then you're not doing it with intent. Yes, there's things you can do to just check off the things off the list, but the idea is not to just check things off the list. At the end of each day, you should feel spent. You should be in, you know, in the bag, in the tank, just you know, ready to fall asleep. Two workouts a day is exhausting and between that and then drinking the water and doing the reading and following the diet, you know, I mean, selfie's not that taxing, but when you're doing all these things on top of doing your regular job and your usual family responsibilities, it is a shit ton. But I can promise you, I can promise you if you do this challenge, it will be worth it. Andy promised at the outset that if you do this at the end, you will be a different person. And I can tell you 100% that I am a different person now. And I love it. And I get so much more done now. I get up early. I knock out the, the important tasks 
while I am still sharp in the mornings. I know what my best time is, and I gear my day around that. My relationships are getting better and better. Business-wise, during 75 Hard was when I launched this podcast. And, you know, here we are on, we had one double episode, so, gosh, I mean, here we are six or seven episodes into, into a podcast now. I've got a book that is cruising along and is probably half to two-thirds written, more than half, and should have the rough draft done in the next month. I've got the matrix that just started, which is an online Facebook coaching group that's going to help people with mindset, workouts, and with nutrition. So business, things are happening. Things are in motion. Things are inspiring again. I feel inspired again. Things that you thought were just a fucking pipe dream before because they seem too hard or they seem too stressful. All these things that you or someone else told you that you couldn't do. You do you pull off something like this and everything seems realistic. I, I can't you, you just you can't put a dollar amount on how much how something like that feels to to get through and it's something I know I'm extremely gratifi- grateful for. Yeah, gratiful. Is that, is that even a word? Probably not. Well, fuck it is now. Gratiful. Um, yes. Absolutely amazing feeling to accomplish something like this. So, that brings to mind my next point. Does it feel good to get to day 75 and complete it? Absolutely. Is that the finish line? Hell to the no. There's no certificate for this. You don't get a trophy. You don't get a medal. Don't get me wrong, but my finisher's medals from the Ironmans are wonderful. But this is not the end all be all. If anything, this is just the start. This was the crash course in showing what it really takes if you don't want to just exist, but you want to do things and be great. The the people who have experienced greatness, the people that are in the, in the space that so many of us are listening to on our podcast, you know, the, the personal development space and, you know, the successful business people and athletes or entertainers or uh, Nobel prize winners or politicians. I mean, whoever it might be, the, the people that are, doing the groundbreaking work and excelling and excelling at all levels. This is the type of work and more importantly, the sacrifice that goes in. And that's the part that was mind blowing for me and was really kind of a wake up call is I was the type of person that was always willing to do more. I can do more of this. You know, if I want to lose weight, oh, I'll just exercise more. I'll do another, I'll train for an extra half hour, hour, I'll ride bunch of extra miles the part for me that was eye-opening was giving stuff up pushing away from the table and not eating this that or the other thing going out to concerts 
going to a nice hotel and sitting by the pool when normally uh, a mojito would have been surgically attached to my hand. Going to the con uh, the conference, the Lions Den Live in Utah last month with a bunch of people that I've become very good friends with, even though it's only online, and to actually be with them in person and to see many of them drinking pitchers of beer together and to not be able to have a beer with these guys that I love, that was tough too. But it's bigger than that. The beers, the pizzas, like I said, they're, they're great, but the gratification they give you is very short-lived. And they are not more fucking powerful than you are. The foods, the drugs, the cigarettes, all of those vices that we have, none of them are more powerful than we are. And the longer you go without them, it gets easier. The things that I gave up during 75 hard, if you told me I, I had to go the rest of my life without them, fine. It's not ideal, but it can be done. My life will go on and I'll still have a great quality of life. Because you know what? When I'm avoiding a lot of those things, I feel better. I feel alert. I'm taking care of my health better than I ever have at 44. And I look at pictures of myself from 10 years ago compared to now. And you guys might have seen my post on Instagram, but I pretty much said fuck aging because I looked more aged then than I do now. With the exception of a little bit of gray here in the beard and the hair, but such is life. I'm gonna age gracefully. But getting back. There is no finish line here. Goggins talks about it and can't hurt me. He talks about it in, in his speeches all the time. Iron, Iron Cowboy James Lawrence the same in his book. You know, he did 50 Ironmans, 50 states, 50 days. But even he talks about how there is no finish line. You've got to have something after that. If you just have a finish line, you stop. And you just rest on your laurels and you don't have anything else that you're shooting for, then that's when we get stale. That's when we slow down. And I've heard Andy and a lot of other people talk about it all the time. If you're not constantly doing things to get better, then you're actually getting worse. Because the rest of the world is still getting better around you. The world's not going to stop turning just because you reached a certain benchmark and you want to celebrate and pat yourself on the back and rest on your laurels and and be satisfied that's not gonna you know that's not gonna work if you do that the people who who end up losing in the end that's what happens is they they slow down they stop doing the work you need to keep doing what got you there you need to keep going forward and that's why i'm so glad phase one is here because phase one is 75 hard but it is a shit ton tougher you got to do everything you did in 75 hard. The only difference is it's only 30 days, but at the same time, you have several other critical tasks that you have to do. One of them is a five-minute cold shower each day. And it's got to be a cold shower, as cold as you can get the water. Cold to the point where it kind of knocks the wind out of you. I prepped for that last weekend in North Carolina at Sliding Rock. 
near near Asheville and uh, have this little rock that people slide down, tourist attraction. And the water is in the 50s year-round, and I'm guessing this was probably right around close to 50 degrees at the bottom. And I slid down it twice in my boxer shorts, and so that was my preparation. Ironically, the water doesn't feel as cold uh, after after doing that. But um, five-minute short uh, cold shower each day. Ten minutes of visualization, imagery. Visualization. Get all five senses involved. Sight, sounds, smells, feels, etc. About what you want to do. What it is the goal that you want to accomplish. Visualize not just the outcome. It's, it's good to visualize positive outcomes, don't get me wrong. Because sports psychologists and all the research say that when you visualize a positive outcome, they look at you know people shooting free throws, people are using, you know, people are doing putting with golfing. Yes, you will get a more positive outcome uh, if you visualize the positive outcome first. But if you want even more success, visualize the actual process. People who are the most successful, and studies even found this and this once again in uh, Gary Keller's book. When you visualize the process, there's a lot of aspects to what the goal that you're trying to accomplish that you might have normally missed otherwise. And if you're visualizing what goes into accomplishing that goal, your preparation is so much better. In the studies where people had to, they're looking at how well people do an exam, people who visualize the process of studying for the exam itself, instead of just the outcome, they perform much better and they spent much more time preparing for the exam. So when you visualize that process, that's going to be extremely powerful for you. And I mean, the, the proof's in the pudding. The, you are going to get the results that you want more likely when you visualize that process. You're going to be much more prepared. So you have the visualization. You have the cold shower. You should already be, have five critical tasks that you're doing. I'm not talking about the 75 hard ones. And so for... You know, those of you doing the five critical tasks each day already. So you have five critical tasks that you should have been doing already before this. And then you have three additional critical tasks that you're supposed to do. So you've got these eight critical tasks. You've got the five main things from 75 hard. And then you've got the two other new elements with the visualization and the cold shower. So it's a lot. And I'm on day four right now. And keeping track of 15 things to check off a list instead of five, it's a whole shit ton tougher. Some of the things take a few minutes, some of them take longer. But you know what? Still getting a lot done and things that I normally would have talked myself out of doing because I didn't feel like doing them, they're getting done and I'm better for it. And so I will keep you guys posted on how phase one goes along. And... Um, it's just, once again, don't let 75 hard be your end-all be-all. It's a great accomplishment to finish it, but there's much more you can accomplish afterwards. And there's, you know, like I said, there's three more phases after 75 hard that can get you uh, where you need to be. So all in all, 75 hard, wonderful experience. Um, better physical shape, better mindset, more motivation, just more organized, and just... Uh, a lot more hope and more optimism going towards the future and uh, just so many friends made along the way 
uh, like I said, all the aspects of the Core 4 that get so much better. And uh, I just can't wait to see what the future holds now because uh, it's definitely given me more tools going forward. With that being said, if any of this resonates with you, please go to SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, and please leave a five-star review. Please write down and share your feelings and thoughts. Please feel free to reach out to me on social media. I do my best to keep up on messages. Feel free to drop me a DM either on um, the fitness psychologist on Instagram or Doc John on Facebook. And love to hear you guys' thoughts and feedback about what's going on. Go to fitness-psychologist.com to check out the matrix and what we're offering there. You can't put an exact dollar amount on what it's like to, you know, if, if you can improve your mindset and improve your physical health and your fitness, you know, the dollar amount that you, that, you know, that you would normally spend on weeks of therapy, on doctor's copays and medications and other medical treatments, um, not to mention the money that you will probably gain from a business standpoint from having a clear mind and being in better physical shape and having more energy and rocking the business meetings and everything else, you know, the raises and the, the business and the deals that you will get. Think about the dollar amount. Th think about what better health and, and what all those things mean to you with the dollar amount. And we're talking thousands, maybe tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the Matrix isn't charging that. The Matrix is charging $97 a month. And when you think about the benefit you get, um, break it down to daily. A lot of y'all spend more than that at Starbucks each day. So give that some thought. Everybody, take care of yourselves. Keep crushing things. Go out. Win the day. Leave your imprint on life. I will be back soon with more. But in the meantime... As always, be good to yourselves.